if you're just starting out and Google can't find you yet very great or clients, you know, just yeah. reach out to your dream clients or clients, maybe a restaurant in your village. Because if you don't do it, they don't know you exist. And if you do reach out, okay, the only thing you can get to know. But if you reach out to 10 people, maybe one is thinking, okay, or maybe it's six months later. I often tell in my business program, it's are the seeds you're planting. It costs take, takes time. They're growing. Just do it. Hello, hello. This is your host, Dyutama, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast, where we talk about everything from food photography, styling to business and mindset. After 15 years as an architect, I switched careers and I'm now a professional food stylist and food photographer based in Singapore. I'm also the founder of the business My Food Lens, where we help clients elevate their brand through drool-worthy photos. My motto is, put your best food forward. Well, here on this podcast, I promise to keep it raw and real and hope you find your answers, action and inspiration as we move through the episodes. Hi guys, today we are talking to Lucy Beck. Lucy is a food stylist and food photographer And she is someone I have seen on Instagram. I've been connected to her on Instagram for a few years now. And I have seen how her photography has changed and evolved over the last few years. And I've also seen how bit by bit she has built a really thriving photography business. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing. And she has just done it in the most effortless way. As a viewer, as an audience, to me, it looked effortless. I'm pretty certain that she has worked very, very hard on it. But from where I stand, I see her photography as effortless. And I see that her business building is effortless. And that is why having seen that evolution, having seen that journey, I really wanted to have her to talk to us today because We all want to grow as creatives. We all want to know how we can do a little better, what we can tweak, how we can take things up a notch. And if we are professionals in food photography, then how can we build a business and keep scaling it up? So I thought Lucy would be a wonderful person to come and talk to us because she kind of does it in her own sweet way. And I I wanted someone like that to talk to us. All right. So I hope that you see that. And I hope that you feel that too, as you listen to the episode. One request that I have is please do listen up to the end. There is a very special question that I'm going to ask Lucy. And it is something that is all about mindset as a creative. Lucy has gone through a really tough personal journey and she's going to kind of tell us how she navigated through it and that she continued to thrive as a photographer and as a professional. So if you're listening in, just listen in until the end because she has something really special to share with us. All right, with that, let's get started. Hi, Lucy, and welcome to My Food Lens Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. I mean, I think I've been connected to you on Instagram for a long time, and I've actually seen how you've grown your skills, how your photography has evolved. I remember that you had 
you were holding workshops and then you launched your courses and now you have a business program and then you have a photography <laughs> backdrops business like come on it's amazing and i think it's also a little bit special for me because you're not just a fellow food stylist and photographer you're also a fellow podcaster so that is extremely special <laughs> so thank you so much for being here today i think i'm very excited to speak to you especially because i've seen that evolution in your work i've seen how you have grown as a photographer how you've taken your business one level up after the other so i think there'll be so many lessons that we would love to learn from you and i'm super excited to chat with you today so before we begin if you could please introduce yourself to our audience please tell us your name your business and where you're located yes thank you so much uh, very honored i'm in your podcast i'm Lucy Beck i'm a food photographer and food stylist from holland for several years now my mission is uh, to share my experience and knowledge to others. I photography for clients, like for online food companies or restaurants, or uh, I also make productions for uh, the magazines. I teach a lot. So in my online um, uh, membership, my Lucy membership is an online community. I have my business program and I have my uh, backdrop shop in the vinyl and digital backdrops. So yeah, actually a lot. And I also give online workshops and courses in my studio here in Reukele in Holland. Oh my God. Amazing. I'm just wrapping my head around everything that you do. Oh gosh, it's just incredible. So before we get into all of those like fun details, tell us a little bit about how you got into food photography. How long have you been a food photographer and how did you reach here where you are? What was the journey like? Uh, I think I started five or six years ago, every time I'm telling it and on, then the time's passing by. So I think I started in 2017 and I just practiced a lot. So I did had another job in a kindergarten uh, uh, a job and I practiced a lot. So every week I did some freestyling. I had a cooperation uh, with uh, Brocanta shop. And uh, we did some freestyling, like a barter deal, like I produced her props and I was making pictures of it just for my blog, for malusi.com and um, just for the practice. And then her husband asking, why don't you make like a man's setting with hamburgers and fries? And I, okay, but I was still in the flower scene and cupcakes, but I had nothing to lose. So we went to the restaurant in opposite of the shop. And we make just uh, beautiful pictures. And the owner said, uh, well, Lucy, great pictures. What is your hourly rate? And I was, I didn't have an hourly rate. So <laughs> I was telling him, I'm coming back to you. <laughs> wow. And that was actually, that was actually the moment that I was thinking, okay, Lucy, now you have to focus. You have to choose your niche. Because I think if you choose your niche, you are an expert in that and people will come to you for that. And I really liked it. So right. that was the moment I absorbed every knowledge about it. And I discovered that lots of people want to learn about it. And in my previous company, uh, that was a company in creative workshops. So I also teach their people. Uh, hmm. So actually I started early with a workshop of food photography. And uh, yes, it's so easy to me because I really love to share my knowledge. I'm an open book. I just share it and I'm nothing, uh, how do you call it? Uh, I don't have uh, knowledge behind. So yeah, that's where it all started. Oh, wow. Oh my God. 
it's just so incredible i just love it when small little instances define our journey so extremely like you know you becoming a food photographer was just sparked by that one moment it's incredible so if i had to ask you today how would you define your style of photography what would you say it is well actually i think that's a difficult question lots of students are asking me this question what is my style how do i find my style i think my style is changing all the time am i am an artist i don't know but i think food styling and food photography it's an opinion it's a development when i just started out it was very dark moody so like the rembrandt pictures you know with the hard contrast right um, and i had beautiful light in my studio like the light from the north but then i discovered uh, i already had some clients but lots of clients want to have light bright photos i didn't have them so uh-huh. i was thinking okay i have to practice it and i want to have it in my portfolio and on instagram to attract other clients so that was my change of photographing in light and bright and then i had my own vinyl backdrops in colors so i also used to play with colors but now my style is more minimal so sometimes i won't even use a napkin or cutlery just nothing just playing with the composition the use of light the the hero yeah so i think i'm more like the minimal styling now and it can be light bright or with colors so i'm not sticking to one uh name for styling and i think it's good also to like to you have a flow you're changing you don't have to stick to one style i think that's so true and i think that's such a big part of evolving of growing as a creative if you stay within that and you think that's working and you do not explore the other side where the growth is not going to happen so that's amazing and i think that's what we've probably witnessed as well that's what i as an audience has also seen that you have that variety it still has a signature way of how you might style the scene and you know your maybe your style of editing or your choice of props or whatever there are still signature things that you bring to it but you're exploring all realms of light all realms of composition and you're informing your style so i love that answer because it's such a huge part of growing as a creative before we go ahead i really need to know what gear do you use ah Uh well I'm uh, a Fuji woman. <laughs> oh yeah okay. So I'm, uh, I'm photographing with a Fuji X Pro 2 and a Fuji X T4. Uh often using the lenses 56 mm, uh, 60 to 80 mm and my 80 uh, macro lens. So that are of course I also have other lenses but that those are the most common I use. I have a Manfrotto tripod. Um, the smaller one with like the horizontal arm it's like the 58 or 58b is it the i yeah, think it's a manfrotto <laughs> yeah. and i also have a very large for here in the studio with the arm it's a very big one yeah it's way too heavy to bring on locations yes so that's my uh, that's my gear oh wow and how about light do you work with artificial light or natural light Yes, yeah, so I started with daylight, then I bought like daylight lamps, 
And then I was thinking, well, Lucy, you have to... Uh, actually, I heard it in a podcast about photography and there was a man, I didn't know who it was, but he was saying, telling in the podcast, well, if you go for artificial light, your photography will change. Uh, they are um, much more better. So I was wondering, okay, so you really have to find out how it works. So I started with just cheap uh, speed lights. And now I'm using the Godox at 400 Pro with yes. softbox. So yeah, and it really uh, changed my uh, photography. Also, I was surprised by the effect. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and in a shoot, I, I, I choose or I discuss with the client what he or she wants. But I have possibilities. So I think that's very great to have it in your skills. Right. I actually love your natural light uh, photos. I, your studio, first of all, is so beautiful. Second of all, I'm always drawn to the florals. You know, you create these beautiful table uh, compositions yes. with flower vases and, you my know, and, oh my God, like those, we don't have such spaces in Singapore. We don't have such the liberty of having a studio. We don't even have those colors in Singapore. So when I see those, I can kind of feel the natural light. I can feel the quality of light that you get in the place that you live in. It's so different from ours, but I completely get it. I completely agree with you that one has to definitely have the skill of knowing artificial light. I live in a country where it rains all the time. And I live in a country where we don't have enough space. So it's not like you can just go to the window and take your photo. No, we're always in compact spaces. So artificial light is like a life skill <laughs> for a photographer. Yeah. So I know, but I just wanted to like take this opportunity to kind of tell you that I just absolutely love your floral photography that always draws yeah, me in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so funny because those photos... I've been taken in my living room with a wow. green wall and a table. And, and then I just move all the kids stuff and uh, all the mess. Oh, wow. Uh, but now I, I also have the, it's like the chalk paint at the wall. And I also now have it here in my studio. Right. And also a green. Uh, and I really like to make those settings. Although I, they're not food photography, but I just love to make compositions and play with colors and play with the lights and sometimes yeah. it's food sometimes those are flowers so yeah and I think that's yeah. such a also such a good way to explore your creativity right if say you know you're always doing food the moment you shift your subject and you explore another domain then you're kind of opening up possibilities you're seeing things yeah. in a different way so I I think that's another thing that you probably bring to your creativity would you say so yeah, I also give the, uh, the advice to my students to explore it. So you have like a red line, you're walking, you have a, your creative journey. And sometimes you can go to the left or to the right. So I just explored interior photography. So I did a lot of interior photography from houses. And they were published in Holland, but also in other countries. And I did it, I think, for one or two years. So somehow I, there, I was point, okay, it's I like it, but... My heart's not being faster from it. I can do it, but I really love it when uh, last week I had a shoot here for the chalk paint right. uh, company. So it was with uh, flowers. It was like making settings with table uh, and a chair. Uh, so those kind of things I really like. But it's also good to explore those other 
possibilities of photography because you can also can attract other clients. Right, yeah. So food photography clients are like restaurants, online food companies, caterers, or whatever. But if you're doing interior photography, you can attract other clients, but you can also photograph the restaurant, the interior of the restaurant, for example. Yeah. Or maybe for stylists or maybe for interior architects, uh, name them. Yeah, absolutely. So, and maybe you're also great in those skills. So, yeah, why not? Exactly. And you can just go as a full package where you photograph the chef, the interiors of the restaurant, the food and yeah, some tablescapes. Yeah. yeah, it's a full yeah. package. That's amazing. I love it. Also, I love it because I'm also an architect. So the idea of <laughs> shooting interiors... Oh! Like- <laughs> it's really, it's really, yeah, I, I am an architect and food photographer. So just shooting interiors is something that I can definitely relate to. But uh, tell me one thing, Lucy, because we are talking all about growing as a creative. We are talking all about growth, right? Before we really get into the nitty gritty and the details of it, tell us as a photographer, what does growth in photography really mean to you? I think you are developing as a person, but also in your business. So it's like, actually, if you're growing as a person, you're also growing your business. I think you will get stronger also about yourself, about your rate, the qualities from your photography. So I think if I just look back at five years ago and now, of course, there's a huge difference, but I also practiced a lot. Um, and I think in the way of photography, you have to make meters, you have to practice a lot, making lots of mistakes, and then you will grow. And I think you also will grow, like, you can do assignments for photography, but uh, work of photographer is not often only assignments. You can do lots of other things. My problem is that I have too many ideas, so <laughs> I really have to narrow down. <laughs> Right. That's why I started, for example, my Lucy membership, so I can all put my new ideas in that. So, for example, there's also like interior course photography, but also product photography, not only about food. So I can put it in there. But I think you can make your own creative path. You can make your own choices. And if something not working, like I did interior photography, but... To uh, one year ago, I said, okay, I will stop with interior photography. I can do it. I can make beautiful pictures. I can also use the speed lights with it. I difficult myself in it, but it's, that's not my gut feeling. I'm happy about uh, other things. And that's okay to say no. Actually, saying no is very difficult. <laughs> so, uh, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> uh, next to your question. <laughs> so, yeah, I think developing in uh, also learn new skills and not only about photography but also business so i think i really growth in my business working with a team outsource tasks um yeah, doing things better in your, in your business with all the aspects right so basically learning practicing becoming more confident as a photographer exploring and then seeing whether if you're a hobbyist then just upping your skills but if you're a professional if you have a business then upping your business game so did i sum it up correctly did i say the right things yes yes exactly perfect tell me 
Lucy, what do you think? You work with so many photographers. You work with them on a one-on-one basis. You host workshops, which are on a you know very personal level. You're meeting people. You're working with creatives, groups, one-on-one. You're working with them online. What would you say are the qualities that one needs to have as a creative to be able to grow, to be able to up their skills, to be able to evolve as a photographer? Well, one thing I often say to my students is listen to your feeling. Of course, learn and absorb every knowledge you can find, like about photography. Like you have like the rules of composition, but those are not rules, those are advices. You can follow them, but it's just an advice. But follow your feelings. And if you're following your feelings, you have your own unique style. That's you. That's what you are creating. When you are creating like a pizza and, and I'm doing food selling of pizza, it's totally different because we are we are different. And that's where you can be special in something. And I think you have to stand behind yourself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the beginning, of course, it's very difficult because you think, oh gosh, I'm, I'm not making good pictures or I'm not... So, so good as her, or you know, a lot of people will compare themselves with others. But if you see my pictures in the beginning, they weren't like now. <laughs> also, I also practice a lot. So, you know, that's what I often say. So basically, we have to tap into who we are as individuals so that we can bring out that uniqueness. And that's how we grow. And no matter what art we are in, We only grow if we know who we are, we are secure, and then we bring up personality to our art. Wow, I love it. Yes, sometimes you don't have to. uh, I was away with the kids and my husband uh, uh, last week, and I was thinking why sometimes you see some same stylings, like the same style, but why, why not totally different? Why don't follow your own feelings? So maybe I'm going to do some freestyling soon and doing something totally different but I think when you're doing something totally different you will stand out absolutely people, and maybe not people don't like it well whatever I really believe that our clients they like where you work they will come to you yes so yeah and wow but tell me how are these qualities would you say that these are different or same to the qualities that we need to grow as an entrepreneur, to grow as a professional. So the qualities that we have as a creative versus the qualities that we need to have as an entrepreneur, are they same or are they different or where do they come together? You have to get into action. Just do it is my phrase. Lots of people are saying, oh, you're really a doing person. Yeah, I am. And uh, lots of people are saying, I'm a perfectionist. It's not good enough. It's not my website isn't online yet. Just go. Google have to get uh, 30 days to um, index your website. Go for it. Uh, go approach those dream clients. What you have to lose, you know? So I think you have to follow your best feeling, but also uh, you can make mistakes. It's okay because you will learn from it. I really made lots of mistakes. And every time, small or big, I learn from it. And I also will give it through my, um, my students. Uh, so I have lots of experience and I think you can make beautiful pictures, but then the entrepreneur side is really a totally different side. 
So you have to negotiate about your rate or ask when a client isn't happy with a shoot or you did a wrong uh, format or size. Those are all experience and just be open. You know, ask the client what he or she wants. I just told it in my masterclass. Just be open. Yeah. And but go into action and not, uh, of course, everyone is totally different, but yeah, just go for it. Yeah, it's like, you know, everyone says that your first episode of the podcast, your first song, your first painting, your first photo, it's crappy. <laughs> so do it crappy, do it scrappy, do it whatever, just get going because you're only going to get better if you keep waiting for the right moment you're still going to start scrappy so just start <laughs> so i love it yeah my first life in english language so first i was in dutch language and i stepped over in english and I was oh my gosh what i'm doing to myself <laughs> now i'm having podcasts in english i'm giving business program in english language but I know I don't have like the English accent. Now I'm from, from Holland. I'm not from England. But I'm stepping over the fact that I don't have the English accent. And sometimes I have to search for an English word. Okay. But I'm doing my thing. People find it okay. They do not disturb for it. And if they disturb, they uh, go away from the live Instagram or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm just easy and just do the things but yeah. you're right yeah you're tapping into your uniqueness you're tapping into who you are and that doesn't have to appeal to everybody but it's appealing to everyone who wants to be there listening to you working with you so yeah we all just have to embrace who we are and just be confident love it so tell me one thing i know that you've mentioned this so many times that you practiced and you practiced and you practiced and so obviously your photography shows that it's gone in so many different directions. But give us a little bit, especially for our listeners, if they're listening now, tell them how you practice, what were you looking for or how you were tweaking your photography every time that you were practicing. And if you learned something, then how did you take it up a notch the next time? So tell us how practicing helped you evolve your photography. If I give advice to the listeners, if you want to practice like food photography, uh, how I uh, did it, I just had another job. But every Tuesday morning, I decided I'm going to do some freestyling. I will also make a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a cook. So lots of people are surprised. You don't cook your food. We, we were seeing on your pictures. No, sometimes, <laughs> but often someone else is doing the cooking. And I know lots of people don't have enough time, uh, don't have time to cook a, a complicated dish. But you can buy a, like a beautiful bread, the fruits of the season, the vegetables, whatever you find, it's beautiful. And just photograph it in your bedroom or in your kitchen where the, the light is and go practice for one or two hours. So don't give yourself the pressure. I have to make uh, three dishes and photograph it. No, just buy one or two uh, pieces, heroes, we talk in about food photography world. Right. And just go have a look how the light is falling on your subject. If you uh, turn around or photograph it from the left or the uh, photographing it with light, how does the sun working in your photography? Playing with the setting from your camera, uh, so like the shallow felt of uh, depth of field, using the tripods. Tripods often new for lots of people. When I had the first assignment for that restaurant and 
Uh, I didn't work a lot with the tripod and I just practiced to work with the tripod to clap it all out and in. So I, I won't, uh, would like, uh, like a fool if I was <laughs> oh. oh man. It was my first assignment five <laughs> years ago. Oh, wow. But yes, just take small steps and every time you will learn things like photographing ice creams. So I photograph water. Uh, ice creams and then I had assignments for like I think for six months three days in a week photographing lots of dishes and in the morning at eight o'clock we are we're already photographing like 12 12 dishes and they were okay. saying oh you see there are water ices coming uh, up you have to photograph them and I was totally calm and I was okay and I already had it in my head yeah they're background yeah using my fake ice cubes yeah yeah, yeah colors <laughs> check check because I already did it, so I didn't get yeah. nervous yeah. or stuff like that. So that's really important to to experience all the different settings, brown foods or, or hot cheese, whatever. Wow. I actually, yeah. I mean, if somebody would have asked me that question, this is usually my answer as well, that you pick one thing and you work on that one thing in that one shoot and do not overcomplicate it. So set a small goal, like you said, either choose your settings or light or composition and choose either technical photography settings as your aim or composition as your aim or food as your aim, like you said, ice cream. So practice with ice cream or sandwiches or something that you find challenging. Wow. Love it. So part of this is also that, you know, especially now the way social media is like completely saturated with food photography. And everyone is seeing a range of work from uh, creators who have like 200,000, half a million followers and their food photography is another level also because they've been doing for 10 years or 15 years. And they're also seeing other photographers who are just starting out. So there's a huge range. So I feel like a lot of budding food photographers, they face a lot of overwhelm especially seeing everything that is on social media and they're like, oh my God, I can't do this. Oh my God, I need to do that. So do you have any tips for food photographers? Like how can they reduce that overwhelm of creating photos? Okay, Instagram, yes, that's important, but you don't only have Instagram. You have Pinterest, you have LinkedIn. Facebook is not my thing, but you have also your blog. I, when I just started out, I wrote Three blog posts per week because I had the time. Wow. <laughs> now uh, I was inspired. And I still love <laughs> writing blog posts and I really want to make time for it again. Uh, but I have still profit from it. So when I'm looking for something uh, on Google about photography, I often <laughs> see myself. <laughs> uh, but often uh, clients can find me uh, through Google. So don't forget if you have not lots of followers on Instagram. Okay, it's it's nice to have lots of followers, but I really worked hard for it, I have to admit. Uh, but now I'm also focusing on my blog, uh, Pinterest. Lots of visitors come through Pinterest uh, to my website, to my uh, membership or business program or backdrops. But also just... For example, I had a podcast with Spice Decor. She's also, uh, she was in my team. And actually, she having lots of assignments just from the people she know. Mm -hmm. So she was working in a, like the cook uh, world. 
So lots of people came to her because she uh, was telling it on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook, you know, lots of people forget uh, LinkedIn. You have lots of people there. Just change your bio, saying you're a photographer, post uh, things over there, and not only focus on one channel, right. just do more. Choose where your focus will uh, uh, lie. So every time you feel that overwhelm of seeing, seeing, you know, the range of photos, choose or shift your platform, find another source of inspiration, go somewhere else so that you know that there is another option available to you. All right. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I know that you mentioned that there was this one incident where, you know, you, you bought the food from the restaurant and you shot it and it was like a whole new revelation that, hey, I can be a food photographer. But at what point did food photography really become a full-time business for you? When did that happen? Well, I had my side job for three days, but it was mm -hmm. only in the afternoon. I also had uh, three little kids, also like <laughs> babies. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was working for three days, so in the afternoon at kindergarten and in the mornings I'm trying to do some uh, assignments. So, and then I decided to change, uh, not a regular job, but uh, I can choose when I was working. So then I decided, okay, I'm getting more assignments, now I'm working two days at the kindergarten. And that's how I uh, leveled it up. So, and then I had to tell no to my clients because I was working in a kindergarten and that was the point of saying, okay. And of course I discussed it with uh, the husband. <laughs> uh, I want to be a full-time food photographer and I'm getting assignments and yeah. I have to say no because I have my part-time job. So it was like a scary step, but I just did it and I know, Okay, when it, it won't be working, I can also go back to earn money, you know, to the kindergarten. But uh, I didn't went back any time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and now I'm working on four days. Yeah, I had a really uh, very nice assignment from uh, TV Cox here in Holland. That was also the point that I decided to work four days because I really want to do that assignment. And now, yeah, I'm also like a happy mother working uh, <laughs> and doing my thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you've obviously had a very interesting journey, both from a skill set point of view and also from a business point of view, how you've skilled it up little by little. Were there any big mistakes that happened along the way anything that you're like oh gosh I wish I could change this or I could redo this or I could erase it was there any such incident that happened yeah, yeah? <laughs> right, tell us uh, I did lost uh, photos from six months uh, oh my god so I did yeah I did had a backup it was like a time capsule from Apple and I did like a hard disk, but the hard disk, it was a miscommunication uh, with me and the husband. I thought if you put it in, it will go directly, made a backup, but it was the other disk. Oh. And the time capture from Apple didn't work. And I, uh, I dropped a cappuccino on my Apple laptop. It no. was like waves on my laptop. <laughs> no. yeah, I really was sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and God, then, I would have had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't happy at all. Oh god! But uh, luckily, I had all my assignments. I already did uh, send it to the clients. I only lost uh, my free work, but it was actually good work. 
And I think I lost like six pictures uh, from a free corporation, but mm. uh, this had really impact in the corporation. And it wasn't, I did, I had a backup, but it, yeah. the time capture for Apple didn't work. It was so frustrating. I had, I think, conversations for three weeks with the Apple technical uh, part. And that was really like, um, I didn't have control of it. Oh my and God. And I think that was really a pity. On the other hand, the other party can, could also can imagine in my shoes, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's life. Yeah, back up your photos, please. Oh my God. This is like a photographer's biggest nightmare. Gosh. Yeah. I have nightmares about this. Losing photos, really. Oh gosh. That is a setback. Actually, it, it could be worse. It depends on how much you lose. So I love this tip, especially whether you're a creative Hobbyist, yeah. professional, backup, backup, backup. Oh gosh, that'll yes, save me. Because you. I also lost lots of content to post because I had a library full of content to post on for my blog, for my Instagram. Lost. Oh my and, god. And if you're making, if you want to use pictures from six months ago, I think no, I want to use the pictures yes. from last week because they were <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. For better. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> I know that feeling. But, you know, as I'm talking to you, Lucy, it's like I can feel your passion. I can feel the happiness that you have and the amount of enthusiasm, the energy that you have for your field, for everything, every kind of photography that you do and also for teaching. So tell us, how do you find joy in photography and how do you keep it? Like, does burnout happen? Uh, how do you inspire yourself back? And how do you continue to feel spirited about this creative field? Yeah, I think it's good to have free time. So my free time is like last week, I went to uh, my three boys and the husband to uh, La France. And I just hired an Airbnb. And uh, I often bring my camera and just... I'm like an addictionist uh, photographing <laughs> backgrounds. I only see backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. I forget to see backgrounds. Mommy, stop the car. There's a beautiful background. <laughs> and uh, that makes me happy. Um, but also to have, I think if you're having a good time and relax, go have a walk outside, listen to other podcasts, get inspiration by other people, uh, not only working. So give yourself free time getting new energy and sometimes if you don't have inspiration it's okay it's normal i don't have inspiration every day and sometimes i think the last two years i'm really like a business like the head of the business and, and checking all things and now i have to go back to my thing so i really planned freestylings again just photography a bread i don't care yeah but just so when I'm feeling uh, not okay, I do know when I'm going to photograph something, I will be happy. Yeah. So, and sometimes if you're not feeling it, it's okay. You don't have to feeling it all the time. But find where you get inspiration from. Maybe it's nature. Maybe I like also to paint, not only backdrops, but also painting flowers or, you know, reading a yeah. book. So just give yourself that space to fill yourself up with positivity, some other yeah. kind of creativity, and just make space in yourself for exercise is another, I guess, way to kind of fill that 
space. I just love that you said that we need to kind of take away the pressure. Sometimes we just need to photograph without any pressure that we don't have to create a masterpiece for social media. We do not have to create a masterpiece for our client. We are just going to shoot a slice of bread and we're going to make it whatever we want. You know, like you said, free, free spirited. That's playing. Right. Sometimes we forget it. Yeah. And playing, that's like discovering new things, discovering your own style or discovering, oh, that light, it's beautiful over there, you know? And you don't have to uh, get restrictions from an assignment or it has to be a light, bright setting or, or stuff like that. No, just playing, go with the flow. Then it will flow. And when you do this, like when you're playing, do you set any intentions for yourself? For example, we talked about practicing before, right? So you said we take one thing and we kind of work on that. So it could be light or composition or food. So when you're playing, do you set any such guidelines or anything for yourself? Or no. it's like, blow me away, take it from you, <laughs> surprise me. Yeah, Isn't I that often, yeah, I often are with lots of things with it. So I'm uh, also with my podcast. I'm just go with the flow. Yeah, I, maybe I will prepare four questions. You already saw it, but I just go with the flow. Also yeah. with live food styling settings, I have to buy the, the recipe like a salad. I will pick some props, but most of the time, maybe I already have like a setting in my head. I don't practice it before my live masterclass, but I just do it. And suddenly I'm seeing, uh, often I have like the blue backdrop or the wrong example. And then yeah. it turns out beautiful with the oranges, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I just, that surprised me and also take the people in my process and they also see that I make mistakes. That's human. Yeah. And what I do to make the photo different. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking so much about photography. Tell us a bit about your business side, Lucy. Tell us a little bit about how you have scaled your business little by little and what has that path been you know so we in photography we kind of understand that you've practiced you've learned you give yourself that time and space to fill yourself up with inspiration and creativity but how does it work in the business side I had a lot of assignments yeah and when I was uh, I didn't have this big studio yet mm -hmm. I had a small studio so often I work on location I have to pack my car with lots of food styling props. I have to leave early in the morning, uh, coming home late, uh, doing my emails, my orders for the backdrops, uh, teaching. And actually I was tired all the time. Yeah. So suddenly I was thinking, okay, Lucy, you really have to outsource things to make it relaxer for you. I don't want to work in the evenings. I don't want to work in the weekends. I have three kids. I do want to see them. So then I decided to outsource some tasks. Right. And yes, it costs money, but I also have more freedom and focus where I'm good in. So I'm doing like the bookkeeping or it can also be small things like I have someone help in um, uh, housekeeping, but also folding all my clothes from free guys. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can write a blog post or I can record a podcast, for example, or doing all my emails. Absolutely. Uh, or writing content for my business program. So that's why I was starting to outsource things. Also, like I automated the vinyl backdrop surface. Okay. 
So I don't have to pack in all the vinyl backdrops or stuff like that. Uh, another company is doing that. So I'm making more time for me for yeah, making Lucy time actually for the for the things I'm good in. So that's that was also one of the reasons why I started um, to make photographing business program. Mm-hmm. I got so many questions from photographers. How do you get your clients or how? How do you get your freelance? Because I'm working with other freelancers. Okay. And in the one month, they're working more. And other months, they're working less. It, it just depends what I want, what my budget is. But I really, I don't want to get tired every day anymore. You know, I just want to have the good, positive vibes. And of course, it was great because I had a lot of assignments. Right. Uh, but I sometimes say no to some assignments. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. But now I can decide, okay, um, uh, depends of the week, of course, but now I can decide four o'clock, okay, now I'm going to home or next week I'm giving my three-day food photography camp. So I know it's full of uh, giving the workshop. Uh, so it's full of work. That's okay. And the week after that, I will take more rest. Wow. So it has been like a step-by-step kind of a journey for you. You started with client projects and that picked up. You could afford to get some help, whether it was personal or in your business. And then from that, you just started noticing how students were or the other photographer community was approaching you and you were like, okay, so this is the way you could probably help them. And that's how you've just scaled it one by one. And I think even in your courses, I've seen, you know, you're going from workshops to online courses to a business program. So it's kind of also transitioned that way. Wow. So it's, you've just taken one cue at a time and built up on that. That's wonderful. I have a very personal question for you and you can choose whether you would like to answer that for an audience or not. And that is with respect to your son. I know that you had an incident a few years ago that was a bit it was a bit traumatizing and I had seen your stories at that time I had seen when you had talked about it but I've also seen how you have bounced back the resilience you know I've also seen how you are still sitting here and you're still talking so passionately and so enthusiastically and you're still you know you're, you're bringing that energy back so would you be comfortable to tell our audience a little bit about that incident and how you have been able to bounce back in your creative journey and feel inspired again in spite of the incident. Yes, yeah, I, can, I can tell about it. I won't dive deep into the details <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because it was a very traumatic time. We're on holiday in uh, Lanzarote with uh, the family from my husband and uh, my eldest son, he was sick and long story short, we were in the hospital after four times visiting the doctors and they didn't saw anything. It was very frustrating because he had like, I think, 12 days fever. It wasn't very good. So we were in the hospital in uh, Lanzarote and they, the antibiotic uh, didn't mm-hmm. get any effects. And suddenly they were saying he has to go to Canaria to the hospital because we can't help him here. Uh, and actually, they don't know what he had in uh, in his head. Uh, so I have to fly with only an empty bag in my shorts and flip flops uh, alone to Canaria. 
and the husband uh, was coming later because I, he had to stay with you. And you was brought to the hospital with a trauma helicopter. Well, it was like, uh, if I can say it, hell on earth. <laughs> but it was really, we didn't know what he had. We, oh we thought he was dying. Oh, gosh. And, well, actually, uh, somehow they they discovered they had, he had um, subtiral emphysema. It's like, yeah, before the, the brains, there was all stuff in it. I don't know if you if you have to say it in English, but he was operated and then uh, his bone wasn't placed back. Yeah, yeah, if you hear it, you think, what? Is it possible? Yes, it is. So he had no bone here in his forehead. Oh my God. Because the brains were swollen from the infection. But lots of family came over to help us and uh, support us because we really even can't decide if we have to eat or stuff like that. So it was like a survival modus. And I really shared a lot on Instagram, not making pictures of him, of course, but I shared like the, uh, and, and, you, and you know what, what, yeah. what's going about. But yeah. I really don't regret that I shared on Instagram. And I get like the, how do you call it? Goosebumps. Uh, I'm getting yeah, them now. Bumps. Yep. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps now. Yeah. This is, because this I really is, many supports from all the Instagram people. It was really amazing. It was yeah. really amazing. Actually, that was the time I probably got connected to you just around that time. And then I read your story and I saw your updates and I was like, oh my God, how is this woman functioning? Because seeing your child in pain is probably the biggest pain that you can feel. But you have yeah. really taken that pain and turned it into passion. You've turned it into positivity. So how did you do that, Lucy? Well, I think there's more than here on earth. I think I, I think you perceived all the energy and a positive energy from everyone was burning candles and stuff like that. So he was in coma and after three days he was breathing again and three days later he was walking. So in the hospital they were saying, I don't know what we see here. Yeah, And I think uh, we were two weeks in the hospital and third week we were flying back to Holland with our private jet <laughs> with a nurse on board. And, um, <laughs> yeah, But we still weren't there yet, surgery and stuff like that. But then I cancelled all my assignments. I was I really, before Christmas, I really was in a flow, lots of assignments, lots of work. I have to cancel everything. Yeah. But you do it because you, you have... I have to take care of him. And yeah. also there are all little boys. Um, and actually I didn't work for like six months uh, okay. because I was in the school of youth because he had still has it yeah, like a helmet because hey, he had surgery. Yeah. There was like a infant to make a 3D uh, bone and yeah. place it in his head. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. But then I had the time to focus. I only had my laptop. Yeah. So I had the time to write in blog posts, to make new things, to get online a lot. And that was also great to uh, think about your business again. What do I really want? And also, I think when you can share personal things, um, clients also know it. So it and I don't, I didn't have to tell the whole story again. And that was, saves me lots of time and energy and negative energy. 
right. because you don't want to talk um, it every time. Uh, now I'm having therapy about this and the therapy is talking about it. So it's so yeah, yeah. <laughs> meant to be you're asking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's painful to talk about it. I know. But thank you for sharing this because I feel like when we are talking about growing as a creative, I think setbacks in life are a very important part of it and how we deal with it. And, you know, some people just completely give up their art. Some people just stop singing. They stop painting. They stop creating music. Some people just stop taking yeah. photos because they have a negative association with it, which is why I'm so thankful that you were able to share this with our listeners so that if someone needs to hear this, I hope that they've got the inspiration from you. <laughs> I have one last question for you, Lucy. What would be your number one advice to food photographers out there? Like whether they're starting out or whether they are far ahead in their journey, your number one advice for food photographers? Yeah, two words, reach out. Aha, I love it. <laughs> yeah, because if you're just setting out and people can't find you, yes, very great or clients, you know, just... Yeah. Reach out to your dream clients or clients, maybe your restaurants in your village. Because if you don't do it, they don't know you exist. And if you do reach out, okay, the only thing you can get to know. But if you reach out to 10 people, maybe one is thinking, okay, or maybe it's six months later. I often tell in my business program, it's are the seeds you're planting. It costs take, takes time. They're growing. Yeah. But just do it. Don't hold back. If you want something, do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that's so important because so many times we feel like we don't have the confidence or, oh, what will they think? Forget all of that. Just do it. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Lucy, it was so wonderful talking to you. And I've obviously seen your work, but just connecting to you in person, just hearing your stories, just hearing how you approach photography. And I just love your free spiritedness. I love your passion. I love your energy for this. I'm feeling pumped right now just talking to you. And I can only imagine how people feel when they take your workshops or they are with you present creating photos. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, such valuable insights and for actually taking away the overwhelm that a lot of food photographers have around either creating photos or from running their business. I think you just kind of simplify all of that for everybody. You just demystify a lot of that. So thank you so much. But before you go, could you tell our audience what your social channels are, where they can find you, where's your awesome blog, what's your backdrop shop, and all of the fun stuff? Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest. And I have a feeling I already know you for years, so that's so funny. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Find me at Instagram at Lucy Beck. Uh, I have lots of blog posts about food signing and food photography. You can find it on mylucy.com. There you can also find my shop, My Lucy Backdrops, and my final and digital backdrops. And they are also at Instagram, My Lucy Backdrops. Uh, Pinterest, that's the Lucy the Book, that's my other name. And podcast, you can just search Food Photography Lucy Beck and there you can find me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, Lucy, it was such a pleasure having you. And especially because you're a fellow podcaster, so high five, virtually high fiving you right now. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So that was Lucy. And wasn't she just adorable? I was talking to her and I could see the sparkle in her eyes when she talked about photography. I could also see the drive and the just do it attitude when she talked about business. I think she left us with a lot of lessons in this. I think just being free spirited, just letting inspiration find us, just playing with food many times is what can help us evolve as a photographer, something that can take our creativity to another level, just taking away the pressure, just finding new sources of inspiration. She taught us so many little small things that can actually help us grow as a photographer. And not just from a creative point of view, I think as a business, she gave us some really solid pointers, boss. I think just her number one advice of reaching out that's the key. That's everything. And also like, don't wait for perfection. Be scrappy. Do it. And then the third thing is find cues. Build your business on circumstances that life is offering you, that people around you are creating for you. Grab that opportunity and use it to build yourself up as an entrepreneur. So I think just knowing how you can grow as a food photographer, whether you're a hobbyist, whether you're a business person, whether you're doing this personally, whether this is all professional, I think there were so many learnings in what she told us today. And I particularly really resonated with the positivity that she has towards being a creative, not taking the pressure, not falling under any kind of comparison, just doing your thing, tapping into your individuality, just being you, you and you will actually make you thrive. It will make you grow as a creative. Now, how powerful is that? All right. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review and please don't forget to subscribe as well. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Lucy or myself and we'd be happy to answer all your questions. I'll see you next time with another episode. Until then, bye-bye.